1: Welcome to tonight's Andrew and Kay Show. It is Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. There was a story that broke this morning that was more like a street taco, if you guys know what that is. It, it, that's like a tiny little bite-sized version of a taco, and this story morphed into a big, fat Trump International Hotel Taco Bowl before the story was over. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. we got a lot to cover with you guys here, and I really want to hear from you guys tonight. 888-344-1170. I am Andrea K. dynamite and Address, dress, busting through the hype, the hyperbole, and the hypocrisy like I do every night of the week. And I don't do it alone. i got the AK crack team here joining me. Crack team of one, at least for right now. There's other people involved in the show, but my main man, the guy who's uh, by my side, although he's in another office actually through the through the looking glass it's dj carrot sticks DJ carrot sticks
2: i love
3: this country
2: it's almost like we're separated between bulletproof glasses
1: <laughs> i i know i should take a picture so that people can kind of see what it's like from my side of the desk here in the studio and people can take a video
2: I mean. of me waving you down saying two minutes one minute go to break <laughs> go
1: yeah to break. well yeah ex- exactly it's like you're trying to land the plane half the time because i'm always going over the break um but i'm kind of i'm kind of glad that because i never know if you might bust into antifa mode on me i'm kind of glass and i'm behind i'm glad that i'm behind uh, locked doors with some bulletproof glass because man it has gotten ugly out there, we are going to talk about that in the state of civility and the little lecture that we got from Hillary Clinton about civility. We got a lot to talk about tonight. The street taco story, actually, uh, to talk about is Nikki Haley in the announcement, the resignation. It did get blown up into a big taco bowl, and then tonight. And I say that because initially I heard about it, and it's not as though you know, uh, yeah, it's a it's a high level position, but it's not like it's. A, You know, it's not like she's vice president or anything, Nikki Haley. So I kind of thought it was a street taco blown out of proportion. And then because I'm on the Trump train and there's going to be people in the administration hopping on and off the train. And I'm really about my man Trump and and hoping that everybody who's involved in his organization, his administration, is going to fulfill his agenda. Um, But there's reports tonight uh, that uh, there is some there there. Jonathan Swan from Axios, as well as Tucker Carlson, said that they have heard behind the scenes that there is a story there. And it has not been revealed yet. And I'm curious what you guys think. Tucker Carlson actually believes the Trump administration is scared of Nikki Haley. So I'm curious. The question of the day is, What? why do you guys think Nikki Haley resigned? Do you think there's any there there? The second question, if you don't want to chime in on that, maybe you want to chime in on the second, because Congress, uh, former Congressman J.D. Hayworth is going to be here. We are 30 days from today into the midterm elections. What has to be the most important midterm elections of our time. There is so much at stake here, and if we ever realized how much uh, it was reminded to us with this Kavanaugh debacle. And J.D. Hayworth is going to be here to talk about strategy going into the midterms. I'm curious what you guys think. First question of the day is, why do you think Nikki Haley resigned? Do you think there's some there there beyond the fact that uh, she thinks that officials, as she said today, the official statement was from her that it's important for government officials to know uh, when they've basically, you know, when their time's up. And that this is a self-imposed term limits. The second question is, what do you think the GOP, what should the strategy be in the last 30 days from the Republican Party? Everybody's talking about this today. What should the strategy be to usher in a red wave?
2: Another important thing today is one of the last days uh, in a couple states to to register to vote.
1: Mm. Okay, that's important. Um, I do know that uh, absentee ballots are already being... um, received in the homes of Californians, I think something like 65% of Californians vote absentee. I don't like absentee ballots. Anything can happen right up until the moment of election day that can change minds. And I really, not to mention the fact that just as as American, so there's the fact that anything that can happen right up until the moment and your vote can be wasted or you can feel that your vote is wasted. Second of all, I think that that is uh, rife for voter fraud. So I don't like it from that standpoint. Uh, I also, as an American, I like the idea of going into the polls. I like having to make the effort to get in my car and drive to the polls. I think that is an important thing to do. It makes me feel patriotic. I also feel as though if if we make it to, some people say, well, we got to make it as easy as possible. I say we should make it as difficult, not as difficult as possible, but I think that it makes it too much open for, for all kinds of shenanigans and issues if we make it too easy for people. This is the most sacred, most precious thing we have as Americans, is to participate in the process. Look at the ways that they're trying to make it easy with this motor voter. And now we know that thousands of illegals have been registered to vote in the state of California because of motor motor voter. When you make it too easy, you got a whole lot of issues as a result that taints our elections. Uh, So um, we are 30 days away. I'm curious as to what you guys think the strategy should be. Uh, President Trump was asked today his strategy, and he said that I think we just need to keep winning. I think we need to keep winning, but we also need to remind everybody, as he did last night with that swearing-in ceremony, he reminded every American exactly what happened, exactly what the Democrats did to destroy a good man. And really, he was the Kavanaugh destroying him wasn't really the end game. It was actually a twofer they were looking for. They wanted to destroy Kavanaugh, and in doing so, destroy our system, destroy your confirmation process, so that they could, they could seize power that was not rightfully theirs earned through an election. So today, we're getting all these critics coming out, which, which coincidentally, the, the criticisms of what President Trump did last night in the White House was word for word exactly the same between Judge Napolitano and Hillary Clinton. Let that sink in the next time you tune in to see Judge Napolitano and you're actually interested in any analysis from him. Because he said exactly the same thing as Hillary Clinton, that that was was inappropriate last night, that what Trump did was he turned the swearing-in ceremony into a political rally. So, and, and Hillary Clinton said the same exact thing. That's the same criticism that Kavanaugh got. When he called out the Democrats, the Democrats turned the entire confirmation process, not just into a political rally for themselves, but into a political assassination hit job. And when Kavanaugh punched them back for it, they criticized him for being partisan. So what did President Trump do? He basically punched back. He's in the middle of a political situation. So you know what? Excuse President Trump for deciding to not take the politics out of a political situation. You look, Obama politicized everything. Obama is actually the, the president of the United States of America who went to a national prayer breakfast and criticized Christians on the National Day of Prayer. You remember that? Started talking about the Crusades and the evil Christians going against the Muslims, which also uh, brings up to, to the point of Hillary Clinton uh, coming out and saying, well, you just can't be civil with those Republicans. Because now they've got to defend the Antifa-like mobs from what we've seen in Oregon. What we saw when we saw mobs banging on the door while Kavanaugh and his children were inside of him getting sworn in on Saturday. And that was just one little aspect of the mobs. Well, that music means I'm out of time in this segment. We're going to continue the discussion about Hillary Clinton and her civility. And uh, that because that ties into the strategy of ushering in a red wave. J.D. Hayworth is going to be up at the bottom half of the hour to t- talk about that. But then coming up after the break, I've got Robert Spencer here as a foreign policy expert to talk about what Nikki Haley's resignation means from a foreign policy standpoint and the successes we've had there. If you want to chime in, the number is 888-344-1170. Don't go anywhere. More Andrea K. show coming up.
0: FM 96.1, North County, AM 1170, San Diego. The answer.
1: You watch videos online. Your kids watch videos online. You watch videos of cute animals watching videos online. Your kids watch videos of other people playing video games online. That's something I've never been able to understand, but it happens.
5: How about watching videos on a new Apple iPad Pro along with an Apple Pencil?
0: Simply record a video on how the answer San Diego has made a direct and positive impact on your life and you could win a brand new Apple iPad Pro with an Apple Pencil. Deadline to share your story is October 23rd, so do it today. Visit TheAnswerSanDiego.com keyword story
5: for all the details. That's TheAnswerSanDiego.com keyword story. TheAnswerSanDiego.com keyword story.
1: Deadline to share your story is October 23rd, so do it today. Visit TheAnswerSanDiego.com keyword story for all the details. That's TheAnswerSanDiego.com keyword story. And good luck in this competition.
6: It's a great offer. Visit KeeganElectricSolar.com or call 619-742-8376 to talk with me today.
0: HelpWantedSanDiego.com salutes the Employee of the Month, the one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. Hey Dave, you missed yesterday's meeting. You said you'd be there. True, Mr. Employee of the Month, but yesterday was Opposite Day, so when I said I was going, I actually meant I wasn't. Wait, wait, Opposite Day? So everything you said yesterday had the opposite meaning? Right. So, wait, when
5: you told me you didn't have pink eye... I actually have a raging case of it. And when you said you finished the Q3 reports... Haven't even started them. Oh, well, then, that must mean that when you were asking for a raise, you were really asking for a pay cut. Touché, Mr. Employee of the Month. Touché.
0: (laughs) If you don't mind hiring Daves, go to the National Job Boards. They may be free, but trust us, they'll cost you. But if you want Employees of the Month, go where smart local job seekers find good local jobs. Diego.com. Local jobs that work. We don't discriminate against people named Dave. Dave is a common name, fun to say, and so we're using it as a catch-all for lackluster employees everywhere. Please don't write us to tell us you were insulted by this ad. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer.
4: Andrea K. bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to The Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you all here with me tonight. A couple of questions of the day for you guys. Uh, Reports are coming out that there might have been some there, more there, there behind the story of the Nikki Haley resignation. I'm curious if you guys have a theory on that that's yet to be uh, revealed, I guess, by those who have reports um, about what really went on behind the scenes. It's interesting that Tucker Carlson said that he felt like the Trump administration was scared of her. Uh, the other question of the day is related to my next guest coming up at the bottom half of the show, former Congressman J.D. Hayworth, is going to be here to talk about the Republican Party strategy, how we're going to usher in a red wave going into the midterms. 888-344-1170 if you want to call in and answer either of those questions of the day. Joining me now to talk about foreign policy, to talk about the Nikki Haley resignation and what it might mean for our foreign, foreign policy going forward is Robert Spencer, author of the new bestseller, The History of Jihad. Hi, Robert. Welcome back to The Andrea K. Show.
3: Always great to be here. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Okay, so your thoughts initially um, about the Nikki Haley resignation?
3: Well, it's a big surprise, and I hope that it does not herald any change in the uh, Trump administration's stance at the United Nations, where, of course, she's been fantastic. But recently, uh, Secretary of State Pompeo has been... uh, quite assertive and so has John Bolton and so it may be that she felt redundant and that uh, this was covered. The only thing that we need to be concerned about though is that Dina Powell has been touted as somebody who could replace Nikki Haley. That would be a major step back. She actually resigned from the administration when Donald Trump announced that he was going to move the uh, U.S. Embassy in Israel to Jerusalem where it ought to be Mm -hmm. and so she represents the failed appeasement policies of the past that the Trump administration has so decisively broken with and that Nikki Haley so decisively broke with in the uh, at the UN. So uh, I certainly hope it doesn't go to her. If it goes to pretty much anybody else, then probably the administration is going to stay the course.
1: Yeah. In fact, if I remember right, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Dana Powell was one of the people that was suspected of being the leakers early on, one of the leakers at the early days of the Trump administration because she was not uh, somebody on board with the with the Trump agenda.
3: Yes, that's right, and she very much is not on board with that agenda. I hope that the president realizes that or that he will come to realize it as he interviews people for this position now. She's somebody who represents the uh, standard, mm-hmm. uh, both Republican and Democrat, foreign policy of uh, essentially rewarding bad behavior – by changing our uh, activities in the face of it. Uh, for example, the I mean, the best example of that is the embassy itself, where for decades presidents have said, yes, the embassy belongs in uh, Jerusalem, but we're not going to move it there mm-hmm. because we're afraid the Palestinians might riot if we do, mm-hmm. which is just allowing the rioters to have veto power over American foreign policy. And uh, the Trump administration needs to maintain its rejection of that.
1: And in addition to that, I mean, and doesn't that also signal some other questions about her in terms of uh, her being a part of the the squeamish set that doesn't want to uh, uh, be honest uh, about Islam as being a part of Islamic terror?
3: Oh, very much so, yes. Uh, Of course, that's been a cornerstone of two administrations before Trump, uh, when George W. Bush went into the mosque right after 9-11 and declared Islam as a religion of peace, Mm -hmm. and Barack Obama solidified that with the uh, removal of any mention of Islam and jihad from counterterror training in 2011. The Trump administration has just recently made a very tentative step back toward reality in dealing with this threat, in its new counterterror strategy that actually re- mentions radical Islamists. That's not exactly what they are. It's mainstream Islam that they represent, but it's far closer than the previous two administrations have been. And so we should be glad of it and hope that he doesn't appoint somebody who makes mm-hmm. it a dead letter.
1: Well, one of the things that I'm hopeful for is that uh, when he's got people whispering in his ear that Mike Pompeo is right there. And, and able to yeah. counter. I've, I, I've got a lot of faith in Mike Pompeo and Bolton in terms of, of having uh, a say. It, it, I, I trust uh, their uh, positions and trust that they're also going to have some influence as to who ultimately is getting picked here. And I just can't believe uh, I was at Brigitte Gabriel's Act for America conference and had a little private session with Mike Pompeo, and I have a hard time believing that he would be on board with Dina Powell. Uh, I, I, could be, I could be wrong, though.
3: I think you're right. And also we should mention Fred Flights, who is the chief of staff for John Bolton, who's somebody who's deeply informed about the nature and magnitude of the jihad threat. And so we can be very glad that he's there and hope that his uh, star continues to rise.
1: In terms of other uh, foreign policy besides radical Islam, what would you say are the top three foreign policy achievements uh, that have been had with Nikki Haley as uh, there at the UN as ambassador to the UN and is it her achievement or president Trump because there's some people who say that she she's basically kind of gone against the initial Trump agenda herself
3: I don't see that personally I think that she's been magnificent okay. in standing up against the anti-americanism at the UN mm-hmm. and the anti-israel uh paranoia, the absolute hysterical anti-Israel stance of the UN, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, I, I don't know, maybe I missed something, but it seems to me that she's been just wonderful in being very strong in stating that the United States is not going to stand for that, backing that up, the Trump administration backing that up by cutting funds, funding to the Palestinians, recognizing mm-hmm. for the very first time that any American administration has done so, that they don't really have any interest in making peace. And that they are on a war footing against Israel that has not changed in the slightest degree, no matter what the negotiations have been that have been going on. And so I really – I don't have any complaints about her, but uh, I do think that the primary foreign policy achievements of this administration so far, the breakthrough in North Korea and the repudiation of the Iran deal were things that the president has done, uh, which is not to say that she doesn't deserve credit for all the great things that Mm -hmm. she's done at the UN. It's just that uh, they were not her initiatives.
1: Well, I I agree with her statement today that uh, the world respects the United States again. They may not agree with us, but there is a newfound respect from the world uh towards yep. towards uh not not newfound but a, re- a restoration of respect regained. for the united a regained respect for the united states that we have not had before i think uh there have been some credit I-, I actually uh have been very pleased with the work that has been done there through the un even though i'm uh, with nikki haley uh, representing us and the trump administration um i i you know, I, even though I'm not a fan of the UN, you know, I, I never feel as I don't, I don't like the idea that we, we should ever have to gain agreement from anybody, you know, before we, we, we should, we are a sovereign nation. We should have the right to do whatever we want to do to protect ourselves militarily. But I also understand uh, that with things like sanctions and, you know, having partners with us in certain efforts is really important. I think some people feel as though uh, stances on Syria I know a good friend of mine in media is, is, doesn't like that. Seems like as though she's taken Trump uh, or in a different area regarding Syria than maybe Trump initially stated that he would he would be. But you know, on balance, I look at it and I think it's been a success. And just uh, I, I was a little concerned with the timing of the announcement today because we're 30 days from the midterms, and you know I'm concerned about what effect that might may have on it. But you know, as the dust has settled today, I don't think it's going to really have any impact because you know she, they're not going to replace her today. The left can try to make something big out of this, but I don't think it's going to affect uh, the midterms. Do you?
3: No, I don't think so, Uh, particularly if the president names someone who's going to continue the same stance at the U.N., which seems very likely. Uh, This uh, has been floated about Dina Powell, but she's one of five candidates, and so I don't uh, have any particular worry that she's going to be the one chosen. I think the president has abundantly shown that he knows what he wants to do and he's going to set about to do it. And so I don't think, I mean, I think the only way this could affect the midterms would be if he suddenly chose somebody who was on somebody like Susan Rice, you know, somebody who manifested a tremendous departure from what the administration has been so far. But that seems to me to be wildly unlikely, of
1: course. No, I I think that uh, I I, I have every confidence, and I think everybody else does, too, that he's going to replace somebody good. I'm not that familiar with Richard Grinnell, but people seem to be excited about that as an option. Your thoughts there?
3: Yeah, he's done terrific in Germany, and I kind of agree with the president that he would like to keep him there. He's doing so well there, and uh, I think that's absolutely true. But the fact is that he is doing so well there that there's ample reason and ample justification to move him to the UN should the uh, occasion warrant. He is responsible for turning Germany around to a tremendous degree. The Germans are still hoping to uh, salvage and revive the disastrous Iranian nuclear deal. But Grinnell has managed to get them to tone that down to a tremendous degree and to join and to get German businesses in particular, individual German businesses, to repudiate uh, deals that they had with the, uh, with, with the Iranian government. And so that's a remarkable achievement in a country that is so generally far left and is disposed to doing business with the Islamic Republic of Iran, Grinnell has been able to prevail upon quite a a substantial segment of the German business world and Mm -hmm. the German political world to uh, back the American line and, and go with the new sanctions. And so if he can do that in Germany, then he can no doubt do great things at the UN.
1: Well, one of the things that's been interesting, I'm glad I asked you about Grinnell because you reminded me there about, uh, you know, uh, the the work with Germany in terms of, of trade deals and, and better economic policies. I mean, I think that the Trump administration has done a brilliant job in terms of kind of marrying the two, in a sense, the foreign policy with better economic deals for us in regards to the European Union and even China and, you know, uh, and I, all across the board, you know, with uh, not – The Mexico and all that doesn't have anything to do necessarily with foreign policy, but it kind of does if you think about immigration from an immigration standpoint, not necessarily national security. So I just think it's been I I don't I think with everything else that's gone on, I don't think the Trump administration has gotten enough credit uh, for the successes that it's had with foreign policy.
3: Well, it hasn't gotten enough credit for anything. Uh, I mean, of course, you're talking about a media class that has shown itself to be a rapidly partisan arm of the far left and the Democrat Party. And so uh, 92. I just saw 92 percent of the coverage is unfavorable to Trump. And you think about the remarkable things he's done in turning the economy around, bringing North Korea to the table, uh, and keeping Iran at bay without more disastrous concessions on the part of uh, the United States. Allah Obama uh, in uh, limiting the uh, mass migration from Muslim well, countries. I know that a lot of the left demonizes him, particularly mm-hmm. for that, but it's a simple national security issue given the fact that you cannot distinguish jihadis from peaceful Muslims in any reliable way. All these things that he's done and much more, and uh, unemployment at record lows and so on, and they act as if he's uh, a disastrous uh, abuser of power and so on it's increasingly out of touch with reality and i think that the american people are going to reject it I in thi-
1: november i think they are going to reject it and i think that it's going to be a red wave robert spencer thank you so much for being here the book is the history of jihad thank you uh, now speaking of the midterms and the red wave we got former congressman jd hayworth who's going to be here when we get back from the break don't go anywhere
2: no mortgage payments. Sometimes you can even qualify with just your social security income. To learn more, visit our website at aramco.biz, where you can ask questions, request more information, or sign up for our next workshop. Call Aramco at 866-600-1130. That's 866-600-1130, or visit aramco.biz. Aramco. Purchase, refinance, reverse.
4: DRE 01853626. NMLS 27716. Not all borrowers qualify. Taxpayer advocates across California oppose Prop 10. John Kupal is president of the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association.
0: Prop 10 could create more than 500 rental boards full of unelected bureaucrats and allow them to impose government fees on all housing, plus control how much homeowners can charge to rent out
3: their own home or even a single room.
4: Robert Gutierrez from California Taxpayers Association.
3: Prop 10 could cost state and local governments hundreds of millions of dollars. If this flawed plan gets challenged in court, Prop 10 puts taxpayers on the hook to defend it. Protect your wallet. Vote no on Prop 10.
4: Check the facts at Prop10Flaws.com paid for by no on prop 10 a flawed initiative that will make the housing crisis worse a coalition of housing advocates renters large and small businesses taxpayer groups and veterans committee major funding from michael k Hayde, including western national group and affiliated entities
0: fm 96.1 am 1170 the answer
4: news politics and current events it's the andrea k show on the answer san diego
1: Welcome back to the Andrea Kay show. Glad to have y'all here with me. 888 344 1170 Curious as to what you guys think the strategy should be going in. We're 30 days and counting. T minus 30 days until we have liftoff, till we have the midterms. What should the strategy be? President Trump says we should just keep on winning. Some people say we gotta make sure that we keep the Republican Party united behind what we're fighting against and the evil that went that what the evil that went down with the political assassination job on Kavanaugh. Here to to join me to discuss this is none other than former Congressman J.D. Hayworth is here. Hi, J.D., welcome back to the show.
7: Andrea, always good to be with you. Thanks for the invitation.
1: Of course. All right, J.D., this should come as no surprise to you that 58 percent of Americans, actually 58 percent of Democrats, Uh, say that uh, the Democrats mishandled the Kavanaugh situation. I'm hoping they just they mishandled it so bad all the way to usher in a red wave. Your thoughts. Well, to get that done,
7: certainly they harmed themselves enough. And I thought last night, uh, the ceremonial swearing in of uh, Mr. Justice Kavanaugh, which technically had come on Saturday as soon as the confirmation vote had occurred, but what happened last night with the president apologizing to uh, Justice Kavanaugh and uh, going after the Democrats I thought was very effective. I think the tough thing about it, and in a sense it's great we're in a new Internet age, uh, there are stories coming out now. For example, the um, the Democrat junior senator from Delaware, Chris Coons, Folks have started to examine his background and his party going, and, and th- there is a real chance, if handled the right way, to expose the hypocritical nature of the Democrats who mounted this false attack on uh, Britt Kavanaugh. But there's something else going on, Andrea, that we need to be aware of, and that is the fact, especially there for you, my California neighbors, You are seeing, uh, as is always the case, California gets it first. You are seeing in this midterms the strategy that the Democrats hope to use uh, nationwide very shortly. This whole notion that illegals are getting driver's licenses and registering to vote proves that what we have suspected all along, for the Democrats, it's not get out the vote, it's bring in a new vote. And it it portends great danger for our republic.
1: Absolutely. And one of the reasons why they're doing that is that uh, they, uh, well, there's many reasons, uh, but, you know, if, if by expanding the dependency class, uh, they are going to, you know, uh, people are not going who are poor and come here without any education, without any skills, without any ability to, to get a job, who are they, uh, you know, who are they going to support if they're given the, an opportunity to vote? It's not going to be the party of opportunity. It's going to be the party of entitlement. Not to mention the fact, but right now, after this whole Kavanaugh thing, they they've spent all this time in the past eight years or, or longer trying to play an identity politics game, divide us up into groups, tell us we're victims, tell us we're victims of certain people, Republicans, America, and then as they've lost some of those groups thanks to uh, bad actions on their part, like with Kavanaugh, they're losing women, as they're losing African Americans thanks to Trump's success and the fact that you know African Americans were starting to peel off because after eight years of Obama, their lives were no better. They got to replace those voters that they're losing. They got to replace them with people that are going to be in need so the left has been playing a long game here and what we need is we need a republican party mccarthy says he's going to uh, introduce a bill to fully fund the wall but we got to have a senate that's going to be able to pass that because well, you know the longer than, this goes it's on it's
7: even more than that but yeah. let me just state this and i, I don't have uh, i don't have to make a case against kevin mccarthy and i realize he represents uh, california i guess Kern County, the old seat held by Bill Thomas. But I can tell you that a lot of this is political posturing. Yeah. And it pains me to say this. I never served with Kevin, but I served with other people who, when I went on behalf of the Tea Party to talk about illegal immigration, they promised the world to friendly groups and then somehow it could never get done. Right. I worry that uh that this, this Kevin McCarthy pledge is uh, yeah, it sounds good, but I don't think it's designed to shore up the national electorate. I think he's trying to stop the conservative challenge by Jim Jordan of Ohio.
1: Oh, yeah. And
7: uh there there is a lot I think it has more to do with a house leadership race than it does with setting the stage nationally. Now to be certain it will have some effect, but I just have to say this to everyone. Within the sound of my voice, whenever you hear a pledge for legislation or a, quote, plan for legislation, think back to the number of times when when you heard about a bill at campaign time that never quite gets to committee, much less a, a final vote on the floor.
1: Well, they've been and yeah I'm they've been prom- yeah they've been promising us that wall for how long? I mean yeah we got a saying yeah, to my family talking about it ain't getting it done. Okay, you know the we're, this is the tough spot that we're in as Republican voters, JD, because the Tea Party gave the House to the Republican Party in 2010. Then the excuse was well we don't have the Senate. Then uh, they got the Senate. Then the excuse was well we don't have the White House. Now it's well you know we we don't have 60 votes in the Senate to get anything through when they could turn right around and get rid of the fil- filibuster. They don't want to do that because they're always playing prevent defense they're always hanging back they they, because they're scared down the road that when the democrats have power that you know they don't want to be in the in the minority party with the democrats with the you know without uh with a simple majority in order to get stuff through so meanwhile they're wasting a majority
7: well i i appreciate your analysis i think much of what you said is true i think the fact is that we're still dealing with a a very different electorate rather than the traditional uh, division between the Republicans and Democrats. You've got hardcore leftists. You've got uh, you've got on the right those of us who are conscientious grassroots conservatives, mm-hmm. and in the middle you got the swamp, yeah. involving members of both parties. Now, what has happened in the wake of the Kavanaugh nomination and the fight is that there has been a chance to unite the Republican Party. Uh, in a common cause, and that has happened, and as you touched on it, to bring along like-minded independent voters, which is very, very important. Here's the wild card in all of this. Who actually has the intensity? Yes, we saw, I guess it was an NPR poll that matched the intensity in the 80 percentile rank for both the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. If that is true, I think that portends well for the GOP. The problem is this, and perhaps it's not so much of a problem, but it's a new form of politics. Donald Trump brings such, such energy and such passion and such definition to basically every political fight out there that he's like a force of nature. Those of us who have been involved in grassroots and activism and the fact that as Republicans traditionally, even when we hold the majority legislatively, we're a minority party, we always stress turnout and the value of grassroots. The question for us, and it could be true, and I I actually hope it is because, sad to say, In your neighboring state of Arizona, I've had some firsthand experience with lack of intensity Mm -hmm. among many of the grassroots activists this time, which I find more than dismaying. But the question is, does the presence and the energy and the uh, charisma, I guess we'll call it, of President Trump, does it, in fact, pardon the pun, Trump traditional conservative grassroots politics? Well, I think it that does great. And it yeah. did in 2016. But a midterm election can be a different animal.
1: Well, here's why I was concerned about the Nikki Haley resignation. Big announcement today, because I felt like it sucked all the oxygen away from the the fact that this Kavanaugh fight is still going on with the left. The left hasn't forgotten about Kavanaugh. The left is still hysterical over it. You can see they're still rioting in the streets. We still have people that need to be held accountable for what happened. That includes Feinstein. Tim Cotton has come out and said he thinks that Schumer was the one who leaked it. This was a political assassination job that was no different to me in many respects than the Mueller investigation. And we need to have some accountability with that. And and so many independents were, let let me just, and then I'll let you, let me get this last thought out. On top of it, independents are looking at this and saying, we cannot let that. the, the democrats take over because you see that they are willing to destroy anybody who gets in their way and they are literally trying to change our rule of law before our eyes because if they can get us uh to a place to where we're guilty until proven innocent and that they can destroy anybody with an allegation that any allegation makes somebody automatically guilty then they can completely hijack our entire government permanently
7: and you have given voice to the realization of many Americans, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Libertarians, Vegetarians, (laughs) you're quite right. Here's the problem. Will a Mitch McConnell-led Senate actually investigate the wrongdoing of senior Democrats? You see, for some reason, the Republican Party always stops short Mm of that type of investigation. Now, I appreciate the assertive nature of Tom Cotton, but can he get that done? And understand that in both houses, whether it's the House or the Senate, the ethics committee has an equal number of uh, Republicans and Democrats. So I don't know that anything will ever be done, especially given the, um, the very curious passivity of Attorney General Sessions. So you, you will not see it, quote, criminalized, but neither, I, I have my doubts that Senate Republicans will actually go through with the kind of investigation, and really it should have been introduced this week, yeah. a move should have been made to censure Diane Feinstein this week. Yeah. But you know what happened? Our guys get scared because what is amazing about the left is They always project onto us what they do. Last week, they overplayed their hand, but the alphabet networks and the big newspapers never talked about that. But if we were to introduce a motion of censure against DiFi, what would be the chorus from all the alphabet networks, the L.A. Times? The San Francisco, take, take your pick, San Francisco Chronicle, Washington Post, why the Republicans now have overplayed their hand. They're attacking a woman. And so it gets to be just a little bit crazy, but I bet you dimes to donuts, Andrea, that Mitch McConnell and those guys, not only on the short term of this campaign, but as we move forward, I will be shocked, shocked if they actually actually take action against DiFi and... And Schumer, and the crowd of people who are guilty as HE double hockey sticks for participating in this. Political assassination.
1: Well, what I hope, then, I, and I agree with you, and that's one of the first things that I said Monday that I was I was concerned with them saying, you know, when asked about investigation, that it was well, you know, we got to work together on bipartisan stuff. In other words, they weren't going to do anything. So maybe, maybe it will come about in terms of the form of of a lawsuit from Kavanaugh to restore his good name. Because if Ford is no, at, he, if he's Ford, now if he sued, United States Supreme yeah. Court
7: Justice, he ain't going to touch
1: that. Yeah. Well, J.D. Hayward, thank you so much for being here, bringing your wisdom because you've been inside that swamp and good for you for getting out and and thank you well
7: bless you andrea great to be with you look forward to our next visit
1: thanks so much all right now stay tuned we got more andrea k show coming up i want to hear from you 888-344-1170
4: be sure to follow andrea k on twitter at andrea k show and follow her on facebook and like her fan page at andrea k spelled k-a-y-e
0: FM 96.1 North County, AM 1170 San Diego. The answer.
3: This report is sponsored by the Word on Wealth
0: Financial Network.
4: Here's the Word on Wealth a retirement update from five star wealth manager, certified financial planner, Marty Schneider, the retirement professor.
7: Greetings, friends. Welcome to this edition of The Word on Wealth. Marty Schneider here. Social security system is going to begin paying out more than it takes in in the year 2021. Over a period of time, they could continue to bump that full retirement age all the way up to 68. That one simple year would have a huge impact on the system in terms of its stability long-term. The other big issue, of course, is they could bump up the tax itself. If you need help on putting together your long-term retirement plan and come on in and see me, all you got to do is call and schedule your free consultation with me, 800-727-PLAN, 800-727-7526. That's it for this edition of The Word on Wealth. I'm the retirement professor, Marty Schneider. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with you right here on these very same Salem Network Stations.
5: The fall months are here, and now is the best time to get your home ready for winter. Larry Elder here. Home Advisor is a free online service that connects homeowners to top-rated pros for all kinds of home projects. So whether you want to remodel the den for football season or fix up the house before family comes for the holidays, Home Advisor can help. Home Advisor is the easiest way to find top-rated pros for any home project, big or small. Just go to HomeAdvisor.com and tell them about your project. In just seconds, you'll be matched with the best local pros for the job. And you can read customer reviews on the pros, check their availability, and book appointments online. You can even check what others paid for similar projects in your area, all for free. Whatever you need help with, cleaning the gutters, cleaning the carpets, even remodeling the kitchen, let Home Advisor take some stress off. your plate this fall go to homeadvisor.com or download the free app to get started on your next home project that's homeadvisor.com homeadvisor.com homeadvisor.com
0: FM 96.1 AM 1170 The Answer
4: Andrea K. Telling you like it is All while eating a donut too It's the Andrea K. Show On The Answer San Diego
1: Because I told you
2: to Really? Mm-hmm Don't hurt yeah, me Yeah, brother Yeah, you little white little Really? yeah
7: you're a little whitey, aren't you? Yeah. The First got, Amendment. Get the
4: the the down the road. Please just keep going the direction. Just
2: please turn right please for Christ's sake. Please go the direction I asked for you. For Jesus. Just turn Please, you're Play
6: blocking up. traffic and they're right. getting this. Oh, we are blocking. Oh, you're yeah. South Carolina. You are a little.
1: Yeah, I, I can't listen to that anymore. In case you guys didn't see the footage, that's from a, a Democrat crowd. Uh, the, people like to call them Antifa. When I looked at that footage today, uh, you know that the 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 left that is the Democrat Party. Okay, that is the Democrat Party, which really is the same as Antifa. Hillary Clinton came out today and said, "Of course that you if you saw any footage, another." Uh, Video that was going around today was of a CNN host saying she didn't like the M word being used to describe them mobs. Well, these are not not exactly Mardi Gras parades. They're not exactly marching up and down, drinking a hurricane and tossing out beads. This is anarchy in our streets. Hillary Clinton comes out and says civility can start again with the Democrats take Congress. That kind of sounds like a threat to me initially. That's like, And then she goes on to say... Uh, that you cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. As though we're not, we don't have a right, do, do, you, do you get what she's saying here? She's not saying that you can't be civil with, a, with people that aren't civil with you. No, it's that want to destroy what you care about. In other words, this is about, this is about complete abusive attempt at control. This is basically the equivalent of a husband telling his wife. I beat you because you're not doing what I'm demanding of you. And if you would just stop uh, giving me a look that I don't like, if you just stop cooking the steak in the way that I told you I don't like it, if you—it's all your fault that I'm beating you. And if you stop doing the things that are bothering me, then I won't have to beat you anymore. It's about control. It's about submission. This is this is this is this is the the Democrat Party today, and we saw that on the steps of the Supreme Court. We saw that with women. We saw this. She's talking about uh, uh, that this all is about is coming about because of the Republican Party being in control of Congress. As though we did not have incivility on the part of the Democrats and Hillary Clinton. Let's talk about her comment about deplorables. Where was the civility when she screamed at, conference, at, at Congress? What difference does it make when she was responsible for the deaths of four Americans? And it could have been a lot worse than four Americans. Where was the civility during uh, President Obama's Uh, presidency when he said the republicans needed to go to the back of the bus when you listen to those crowds screaming get out of here whitey i never heard that this is new to america and this is as a result of the democrat party fostering hatred this is the same party that that put forth the false narrative hands up don't shoot and Foster, we actually had a Democrat mayor in Baltimore saying we needed to give space to people rioting. They were destroying businesses, primarily Asian-American businesses. This is the Democrat Party. And I get that some people, you know, after J.D. Hayworth, his segment, some people are like, oh, they're depressed because McConnell and others, you know, are not really as strong as they need to be. But you know what? Are they as strong as they need to be? No. Should they be doing more right now to push back and 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 fight for what was done to Brett Kavanaugh, yeah, I'm disappointed in that. But we cannot let the Democrats get power back over us. As they were attempting to politically assassinate Kavanaugh, we also need to be reminded that Rison was delivered to the Pentagon, two offices at the Pentagon, Ted Cruz's office. We had a Republican, we had uh, Steve Scalise who was gunned down. Others would have been if we had not had a good woman with a gun there on the baseball field. More Republicans could have died that day. This is the left. This is anarchy in our streets, violence in our streets that has been fostered by the left. They've been pushing. The violence has come about because of actually decades. They've been pushing this whole anti-American, America is racist, uh, all this kind of stuff in our schools. Then they fostered the division and then they really amped up the hatred and fostered violence over the past eight years. They also, you combine that with a sense of entitlement that they fostered because you you foster division, you tell somebody that they're victims, and that, of course, when somebody gets it ingrained in their head that they're victims, they've got a sense of entitlement. They feel like they're deserved something. And if they don't get it, then they're going to be doing what's what's happening right now on the streets. We got 30 days before we get... To these midterms, I think the strategy should be, I think it should be a, a, a duel. I think we can walk and chew gum. I think we can do what President Trump said and keep winning. I think we need to be touting all of his successes economically from the tax, what it's meant in terms of the tax reform, easing of regulations, what he's done to make us safer with all the foreign policy achievements through the UN as well as other, uh, you know, foreign policy moves that have taken place. But I think we also need to m- need to be constantly reminding everybody else. Absolutely what the options, what the choices are. I think Michelle Malkin said the choice between Republican and Democrats is prosperity and poverty, mobs versus the rule of law. Those are those are the two choices that we have. And this is really, really critical. We also can understand that for those of us who support President Trump, that if the Democrats get majority, they will be pushing to impeach him. They absolutely will. I believe that post-midterms, I do believe President Trump is going to replace Jeff Sessions. I'm not really digging people jumping on the bandwagon today of saying, oh, replace Jeff Sessions with Lindsey Graham and then give Nikki Haley Graham's uh, Senate seat. First of all, I like how Graham became like an OG during the Kavanaugh uh, confirmation process, but flashes of being gangsta doesn't necessarily change the fact that he was also known as Lindsey Gramnesty for a long time. He's, he's been too inside the, the swamp. We need somebody from outside. We need like a Joe DeGeneva who does not owe anybody, hasn't been hanging out and considering all these people to his friends. And then as for Nikki Haley, you know, I had a lot of concerns with her as governor. And I think that her doing a good job at the UN does not, not wipe clean what she uh, did as governor and some key mistakes there. I got a phone call today from somebody in media who had a show when, he was, uh, when she was governor of South Carolina and said he will fight hard to keep her. He said he would vote for Cory Booker before he would vote for anything for Nikki Haley. So I say that we need to chill. Let's 30 days to midterms, let's make it happen. Make a red wave happen. I'm going to be right back here tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Love you all. Have a great night.
0: Sell your home for top dollar quickly and smoothly. Call Julie Jules Real Estate. Julie has sold over 800 homes using